Hi, I'm Mitch Casper, and welcome to WinnipegHockeyTalk.com's Random Thoughts on the Winnipeg Jets, the audio version. Hey, Jets fans. Welcome to a new season of WinnipegHockeyTalk.com's Random Thoughts podcast. Um, you know, after taking a couple of months off, and have had a nice summer to relax and everything. There wasn't anything major going on in uh, in Jetsville. There was a lot of small stuff that added up, but uh, we'll talk about that a little later. But it was sure nice to get this podcast launched just after the big news that the Jets have signed Mark Shifley and uh, Connor Hellebuck to uh, extensions for seven years. These, <laughs> these uh, signings absolutely caught everybody off guard. You know, all the major insiders on Sportsnet and uh, and TSN, uh, basically um, all the mainstream media in the, in the city, you know, my good buddies like Sean Reynolds, uh, Scott Billick, Mike McIntyre, Jeff Hamilton, oh, good old Huss from <laughs> Winnipeg Sports Talk. Um, I had said many times that I didn't believe Shifley was going to be traded because he never asked to be traded. Um, I think one of the only uh, you, know, you know bloggers there was just a handful of us, the you know bloggers or podcasters and or mainstream media like uh, let's say Ken Weeb wasn't so sure Shifley wouldn't be here this this year, but uh, uh, as it turns out, you know, he did say in the post uh, the postseason exit interviews that. Uh, you know, his favorite player was Stevie Iserman, and one of the things he liked about Iserman was he played on the same team his whole career, and he would actually like to do that with the Winnipeg Jets. He never asked for a trade. You know, as for Connor Hellebuck, um, all he said, he never asked for a trade either. All he said was that uh, he had no stomach or no interest for a rebuild. Well, obviously, uh, you know, Chevy and True North, Mark Chipman and the boys, uh, they don't really have much stomach for a rebuild either, especially with, you know, even with the core pieces we had, there's, you know, it was, uh, they were too good to tank. They were kind of in that murky middle, but, uh, you know, with, with Helly signed long-term now and uh, with uh, some nice core pieces, and we'll talk about those coming up again from their Pierre-Luc Dubois trade, uh, the Jets look poised, uh, you know, in season number two, <clears throat> under Rick Bonus to uh you know continue their you know their improved defensive play and uh if you look up and down this roster it's pretty balanced and uh the bottom six is much stronger than last year's bottom six and last year's bottom six was an improvement on the year before's bottom six so um they kind of lack um well without Shifley they would have lacked some goal scoring uh um, with the departure of uh, Dubois and you know you can say what you want about Blake Wheeler but he still give you 60-65 points any given year so uh, this upcoming season looks really uh, well I mean it's that time of the year everybody's optimistic in the preseason but on paper uh, the Jets seem to have I would say they definitely have a playoff squad um, you know remember this team was in first place up until January last year before they shit the bed down the stretch you know, injuries caught up with them and some bad bounces and some indifferent play f- from uh, some of their key players. But, uh, you know, there's lots of room for optimism this year. So uh, we'll get into that. Like I had mentioned earlier, you know, <laughs> and I don't want to toot my own horn, but I'm going to. 
I said on numerous occasions that the Jets were not trading Mark Shifley. You know, I wasn't so sure about Connor Hellebuck, but as the summer went on, and after the big Pierre-Luc Dubois trade, I had hoped that Helly, you know, probably hoped he liked what he saw. You know, it also helped that the goaltender market had softened, you know, on uh, guys getting the big contracts, especially when Connor Hellebuck said he wanted Vasilevsky money. That uh, probably scared off a lot of suitors. So, um, as it turns out, the Jets did improve the on-ice product. Hellebuck didn't have a lot of options, and he really never said that... Uh, he wanted to move on. He did say he was had no interest in a rebuild, and and you know during the during the off season there, there were certain things mentioned about would you, you know, would you like to go to New Jersey? How do you, what do you, how do you feel about them? And he says, you know, I'd be open to it, but he didn't demand a trade or anything. So uh, to those people um, that were also negative on Shife and uh, and Helly, uh, they were wrong, and uh, and they proved it by signing seven year extensions. Now, all the details haven't exactly come out yet. We'll check cap friendly in the next few days to see exactly what the movement clauses are. I'm sure there's some kind of player protection and there possibly uh, maybe full movement clauses uh, for the first few years or, you know, a modified uh, like 10-team list type of things. But the, the crux of the matter is, is they signed seven-year deals at an annual average salary of $8.5 million per season. And, uh, you know, some people were bitching already on Twitter slash X that they're bad contracts, they're this, they're that. That's what they were going to get on the open market, if not more. I think the Hellebuck signing the dollar figure is a steal. And Shifley's isn't that bad either. I mean, you can say what you want about Shife. He uh, isn't exactly a defensive juggernaut, but then he's also playing with one of the worst fucking wingers in the history of the NHL. You know, Kyle Connor can score, but he doesn't outscore his defensive deficiencies. You know, maybe that new line with Velarde on it will, uh, he'll add some responsibility to that line and they can get it going. And, you know, maybe a little more <laughs> harping from the headman, Rick Bonus will get them to tighten up defensively a little more. We don't want them to be Selkie winners, but, uh, well, we'd love them to be Selkie winners, but uh, that's not necessary if they can generate offense and keep the puck in the other end. But, uh, you know, overall, you know, Rick Bonus being back for another year, and uh, they did have improved defensive play last year. Maybe it can carry on this season. Um, I think the Jets have a deeper, better team. So, yeah, we're going to see what happens. Is But, uh you know, back to the seven-year deals, like, you, you can't piss and moan about the salaries because, you know, <laughs> there's a dollar figure that kind of is attached to performance. And like I said, say what you want about Mark Scheifele. He scored 42 goals last year. Could you imagine if he did get traded during the summer? Where the fuck were those 42 goals coming from? You know, you got to think about that. And that's why I never thought Chevy was going to trade him. There was no way that they were going to look Look, look at the past years, how at the trade deadline, they were sending out first-round draft picks for Stasny and first-round draft picks and stuff for uh, um, for Hayes. And they never did fill that, you know, that, that second-line center position after Brian Little's, Brian Little's injury. So he sure as shit wasn't going to get, you know, lose his top two centers in one season. And, uh, of course, you know... Uh, True North Sports and Entertainment uh, 
you know, Mark Sykley was their first overall pick, and they probably have a, a certain amount of loyalty to him. And uh, But like I say, 42 goal scorers don't grow on trees. Chevy and his, his staff and the, the organization are very, <laughs> to a fault, they're very, <laughs> they're very stubborn at times, and they like who they like, and they like their guys. They don't, uh, they don't trade guys if they don't have to. But here's the thing. Um, the salary cap's going to be going up. Like that flat cap is basically done. Uh, I think the players uh, at the end of this season will have all the escrow paid off or most of it. Uh, now we're looking at, um, I do believe, uh, at the Board of Governor meetings last week in New York, Gary Beppin said he expects about a, a $4 million increase in the salary cap. So if that salary cap goes up to, uh, you know, around $88, $87 million, you know, these uh, these salaries are going to look like a bargaining by year four or five. And yes, you know, they are, uh, you know, both contracts will take them, you know, 36, 37 years old. But you worry about that then, not now. You got to, you know, they're, they get the, get the, these guys are part, a big part of the core. They have a good core going forward now. So, uh, you know, maybe there will, will be some regression. Uh, Connor Hellebuck is uh, too good of an athlete, and goalies are different. They can play into their late 30s. <laughs> Look at Martin Brodeur. Uh, he played until he was 40, and he was still playing at a very high level. So I don't think the contracts are a problem, but like I say, you listen to some of the assholes on fucking Twitter, the sky is falling, and it was awful. You know, it doesn't matter what Chevy and the Jets do. There's a certain fucking faction of fans in this city that just pissed me off beyond belief. They're negative about everything. Oh, we should be tearing it down and starting from scratch and that. You know what? When you own the fucking team, you tear it down. You know, these these owners and managers have no appetite for tearing things down, having a half-empty building. You know, <laughs> I don't know how the fans would feel about it. I think the fans want to, they're like, they're like the ownership. They want to compete every year for a championship. They want to be in the playoffs. Uh, they don't want to finish in last place and hope they get an 11% chance at a generational player that may or may not be a generational player. So let's get that under our heads, guys. It's all these fucking young... It's all the young guys. I don't. I hate to say it, but it's all the young guys on Twitter. They're all basement fucking GMs, and they know exactly what's right for the organization. And when they don't get their way, they pout like a bunch of fucking spoiled brats. And uh, that's what I can't stand about Twitter. I'm always thinking about getting off of it because I can't stand reading some of the shit I read on there. But just, you know, give it a fucking break, boys. And let, let, you know, enjoy the hockey team because I remember not having a hockey team <laughs> and it wasn't fun. So, um, yeah, I, I have no problem with the Jets wanting to be competitive. I don't believe that they're going to be caught in that murky middle. You got, uh, let's, let's just say, for example, you get... Um, Four very good years out of Shifley and four plus years out of Hellebuck. Uh, you have a lot of um, those prospects are kind of, they're not, they're on the cusp, but they're, they're not close yet. You know, you got, uh, you got Chaz Lucius, you got Rutger McGordy. I think Rutger McGordy is going to be probably the first player to make the team and be an impact. I'm not so sure about Chaz Lucius. Uh, he's okay. I can see he has the skill, but geez, man, during the Young Stars and during uh, a couple of the preseason games, I didn't even know he was fucking playing half the time, but I still have some faith in him. 
Uh, you know, got Solomonson, you got Divas NJs coming up. The, the Jets' future doesn't look bad. In about two or three years, they could be a real factor. Now, in the meantime, I still think they're a playoff team. But, like, as I was saying, uh, you know, the core is kind of set now. Now, you look, you got uh, Mark Shifley, Kyle Connor, Nikolai Ehlers, Cole Perfetti, Gabe Velarde, Alex Ayafalo, Adam Lowry, Josh Morrissey, Dylan Sandberg, Billy Hainola. We'll get back to him in a minute. Connor Hellebuck, Laurent Brossois. Now you start sprinkling in some of the kids like Barlow, McGrory, Lucius, Lambert, Solomonson. You know, even Chisholm has made the, the opening night roster. And then we have, you know, a couple of young goalies that could uh, could make an impact, uh, you know, within, well, I'm going to say three years. I don't want to, goaltenders are different. That takes them a little bit of time. A couple of years in the minors never hurts them. Um, but even our goaltending prospects look good. So, uh, yeah, overall, uh, I was pretty stoked about the signings. I don't know about you guys, but uh, that's just me. I'm a big Mark Shifley guy. He was, you know, our, our, he's the first 2.0 original Jet. Um, so I like him, and he's, uh, he's not as bad as people want to make him out to be. It just, it just seems like... Uh, you know, a narrative gets out that everybody jumps on the fun, fucking bandwagon because most of the fucking hockey fans in this city that uh, think they know hockey <laughs> are kind of clueless at times and they can't fucking form an opinion of their own. Just watch the game, make your own opinion, and don't listen to whatever all the naysayers say. The thing I haven't had a chance to address yet is the, because uh, I said we were off a couple months during the summer, was the uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois trade to Los Angeles. Um, I can't believe the haul that Chevy got for PLD, you know, getting Gabriel Velarde, Alex Ayafalo, Raspus Kumpari, and the sweetest part was Montreal's second round draft pick next year. You know, according to Hab fans that were on all, you know, especially social media, you know, on the, uh, on the hockey boards, uh, all the experts in Montreal said that Chevy had no leverage. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, imagine if he did have leverage, what he could have got. But that, to me, was just uh, an awesome, awesome haul. And Chevy did an excellent job. Like I say, he's stubborn. He gets what he wants. And uh, he did a, he did an excellent job uh, with that. And give credit to uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois and his agent also. They, uh, they, they worked with Chevy to get this deal done. So that was awesome. But, uh, you know, also, like I say, during the summer... Chevy did a pretty nice job of re-signing some important pieces uh, to the Jets roster, including, you know, Laurent Bossois. Uh, Gabe Velarde was an RFA. He got him signed. Uh, Vladi Nemestikov re-upped again, which was nice. He liked the city and uh, liked the role he got to play. Um, they took care of Dylan Sandberg. Uh, he was also RFA, got him signed. So, um, and Laurent Bossois. Uh, Bossois and Helly get along great. And huh, I'd like to think that maybe that had a little bit of... Uh, Helped a little bit uh, with Helly's decision to resign. They they have a they had a very very good uh, working relationship and liked each other. And uh, yeah, it doesn't hurt to have a competent backup. I mean, how much faith did we have in Riddick last year? Um, I have a hell of a lot more faith in Brossois. So that was uh, that was a real nice uh, real nice addition. And I was kind of laughing because I. Um, I couldn't help but think it was kind of ironic that uh, the Jets announced uh, that they had signed uh, Hellebuck and uh, Shifley on Thanksgiving Day. <laughs> now, I don't know about you, but I'm feeling pretty thankful that they got that done. <laughs> but uh, uh, 
kind of ironic, but whatever. Uh, I had mentioned earlier that uh, Batman had said that uh, they expect the uh, revenue for next season to be $6.2 billion. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I think, uh, you know, if it wasn't for the Arizona Coyotes uh, playing in that small arena and uh, having to draw from the, the fund, uh, the league uh, would be super, super healthy. Attendance is pretty good everywhere. Wasn't great in Winnipeg last year, understandably, but uh, we'll see what happens this year. See if these signings and a uh, little bit of new energy in town uh, can uh, get us, you know, like we were in the old days, sold out every game. Uh, let's go on to... It was interesting, too, with the Jets on uh, on Sunday. They put Colin Delia, Kyle Capabianco, and one of my favorites, the man with the best hair in the league, Axel Johnson Fialbi on waivers. Uh, they all cleared and they all go down to the minors. And uh, just FYI, I thought the signing of Connor, uh, Colin Delia was a nice signing. I would He could even be a competent backup, I think. Um, I've seen him play enough to think he's a pretty decent goalie. But him on the Moose, the Moose are going to have good goaltending this year. So, yeah, that was a nice pickup also. So, you know, as we're going into the season, starting, well, starting uh, tonight... Because I'm recording this, uh, well, I'm recording this Tuesday night, but it'll be it'll be tonight by the time this gets posted on Wednesday. But uh, the one thing I like that uh, that Rick Bonus did, and I've never been a proponent of this with other coaches, they go through a training camp and they look at all these rookies that are never going to make it, and they waste their time and waste their time and waste their time. Uh, the Jets gave the young guys a few few good looks. Then they got the veterans playing together, and something I've never seen before, they set their lines and said, here's our lines, we're not looking for chemistry during the season, we're, we're, we're going full bore with these lines at the start of the season, get used to each other in, in training camp, work together, and uh, let's start the season on, you know, like strong, come strong out of the gate. So these are the lines right now. So the top line is going to be uh, Kyle Connor, Mark Shifley, and Gabriel Velarde. Uh, I like Velarde on that right side. He's got a nice shot, and he'll, uh, he's got decent speed. I like everything about him. He's, uh, you know, he's still young and raw, and I think he's got tons of upside. The second line's going to be Cole Perfetti. is going to be centering Nikolai Ehlers and uh, Nino, Nino Niederreiter. Uh, the only bad thing about this is <laughs> Ehlers hurt his neck the day before camp opened doing weight training, and he's basically missed most of camp. He's reportedly ready to go opening night. But they haven't played together a lot, so we'll hope see if they can, you know, if they did get some chemistry during uh, the little bit of time that Ehlers was able to skate with those guys. Uh, the third line is Alex Iofalo, Adam Lowry, the new captain Adam Lowry, and uh, who's on the right side, Appleton, Mason Appleton. Uh, back to the Lowry thing, I was shocked they named him as captain. I thought Josh Morrissey was a lock. I don't know if I'm a big fan of a third or fourth line center being our captain. But uh, I know the players liked him, the coaching staff liked him, respected him. So overall, not a bad choice. Uh, he works hard. He sets a good example, but uh, whatever. Um, and then you got the fourth line is uh, Morgan Barron, Rasmus Kupari, and Vladislav Domestikov. I, that to me, actually that line to me is probably the third line. They're not the fourth line. And I can see Kupari... Not Kumpari, Kupari, uh, moving up the uh, 
moving up the depth chart within the next few years. He's a good player. He's smart, and he can skate, and he's still young. Um, I could see him maybe even in a top six role, but let's not jump the gun. If uh, if he has to play bottom six, that tells you this things are going okay up front in the top six, but I really like him as a player. I thought that was a, a nice pickup. David Gustafson will be the extra forward, and... Uh, He's made the team again. He deserves to. I'd like everything about Gus's game. On the back end, we have Morrissey DeMello, Sandberg Pionk, Brendan Dillon, Nate Schmidt, Chisholm Stanley, and Hainola is technically on the roster, but he's on the IR as he beat the player number 24, uh, Hellebuck and Brossois and Nett. So they've, they, you know, they released their... Uh, 23-man roster, and the Jets caught a break. Well, I wouldn't say they caught a break. It was no pun intended, but that injury to Ville Hainola just made me sick to my stomach. He was having such a great camp, playing well. Um, he's not the biggest guy in the world, but he's he'll get involved, and, you know, apparently he put on a little muscle, maybe a little bit of weight, probably a little stronger, and he's becoming a man now. He's not a little boy at 18, scrawny little thing, but... Uh, he went to the corner with, uh, who was it? I think it was Branstrom from Ottawa. And uh, nothing really happened there. And you've seen him scream, grab his ankle. And he fractured his ankle. He's gone for 12 weeks. So now he's got to, you know, go through that, get himself back up to snuff and uh, get ready to play again. Um, and here's the thing that we'll never know. And it just pisses me off because in my mind, he had made the team. I would like to know what would have happened if he didn't break that ankle, what they would have done. Because you know what? If the fucking Jets would have bailed out just because he was still waiver eligible, I would have puked. You know what? They didn't move any of the deadwood that's ahead of him on the depth chart. Uh, they didn't trade Stanley. And uh, there was still the possibility that we could have uh, lost Declan Chisholm because he's not waiver eligible. And I know the Jets wouldn't want to go through that. So I would have loved to see what was, what would have happened. Um, you know, there's always going to be an injury somewhere. You know, would they have put Nate Schmidt on the IR? Would they have done something hokey like that? Uh, maybe, but I would really have loved, loved to know if Hainola, in the coaches and management's eyes, actually made this team legit because I think anybody who watched him play would have thought he did. So, um, like I say, no pun intended, the Jets caught a break there. You know, on the downside of things, um, you know, we have another year of uh, Neil Pionk. Actually, uh, we're still saddled with Pionk's and Nate Schmidt's salaries. They're they're too much for what they bring to the table. Nate Schmidt makes too much money for a third-pairing defenseman. Uh, Brendan Dillon and Dylan DeMello, who I actually like better than Pionk and uh, Schmidt, they're both become UFAs this year. That's going to be interesting to see what they do with these guys. Um, you know, I'd really rather have DeMello and uh, Dylan back than Schmidt and Pionk. But, uh, you know, I shit on Pionk a lot. I just hope he has a good season. He does have some offensive upside. I just hope he shows it. I think the problem with Pionk is he's not a big guy, but he plays a rugged game. And, you know, that's the thing about the NHL. It's a grind. You're playing against guys bigger than you. Um, it's tough for the small men to stay healthy. They can compete. I don't. I don't think size has much to do with uh, you know the physical stuff. Uh, 
there's ways around that. We, we've seen Toby Enstrom do that for years, but it's the, the hammering they take. And, you know, when you're battling against bigger guys all the time, things happen. And I think Pionk played a lot the last year and a half injured. But in saying that, that's what the NHL is about. If you can't handle it, uh, maybe you shouldn't be here. But um, like I said, uh, overall, I'm pretty happy with uh, <laughs> the preseason product we iced. I'm pretty happy with the opening day roster. Um, I hope that these guys take Rick Bonus to heart and uh, listen to him because he uh, he has he has made improvements on this team. I I have seen it. Uh, I've seen it lot. I've seen it quite a bit last year. Uh, it doesn't happen overnight. Um, if they can just become a better defensive team, um, I think they have a chance. To, I don't want to say it, but I don't like predictions because do they have a chance to finish in the top three? Top three in the central? I'm not so sure about that. But they should be in the hunt for a wild card again. And uh, you know, I'm looking forward to a to a good season of hockey, entertaining season of hockey. Um, so I think we'll just leave it off at there for the first podcast of the year. You know, once again, I want to thank you guys for popping in and listening. Um, the podcasts are fun. I haven't already decided if I'm going to do the written edition this year. I think I'd rather just yak. I just yap a little bit on the, you know, do the podcast and talk, talk, talk to myself. But, uh, you know, if you like the podcast, tell your friends, you know where you can find it. It'll be on the main website, WinnipegHockeyTalk.com, iHeartRadio, it's on Podomatic. You know, it's on Google, it's on Amazon. It's basically wherever you look for a podcast, you'll find it. Let's uh, let's enjoy tonight's game. Hope the, hope the boys get off to a good start. Their first home game, I believe, is this weekend against Florida. So I'd like to see a couple wins. I won't hold my breath <laughs> waiting for two wins, but uh, I'd like to see a win this, this week. So uh, uh, enjoy the games, and we'll talk to you again next week.